0: Hi, it's Robin McMahon here. I'm the host of Parenting Our Future. And if you're listening to this podcast, I wanna thank you so much for being here. I also want you to know that I am a former angry mom. I used to yell and rage and threaten and punish my kids because I wasn't getting the cooperation or the behavior that I felt I should be getting. And I struggled for many years, not knowing how to change or knowing what to do differently. It wasn't until I found the world of peaceful parenting that I learned why my kids acted the way they did and also why I was so angry and triggered. I was able to heal my anger and leave my triggers behind so that I could focus on being the calm and confident parent I always expected myself to be. I can tell you that feeling connected to your kids is the best feeling in the world. My two boys are teenagers now and we have a strong relationship that is rooted in deep connection. And where there is connection, there's cooperation. Parenting is the most important job we do, but it's the hardest job we do. And we do it without understanding the fundamentals of the way our kids grow and develop. We do it without knowing the way their brains work or what their behavior is actually really telling us. So it's no wonder it's so hard. And it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to say, this is harder than I thought it would be. And that's where I come in. I can help you and I can support you so that you can have the cooperation and enjoy being a parent. You can book a free call with me on my website, parentingforconnection.com. And if you want to download my free guide, how to turn a no into cooperation, go to triggerfreeparents.com. I really hope you enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Hi, everybody. It's Robin here. Welcome back to Parenting Our Future. Okay. So many of the clients that I work with, so many parents that I know have a child with ADHD, and I had no idea up until this moment that there was really a connection between the foods that our kids eat and ADHD. And this relates to the gut and all on all things. And I'm really excited to have a special guest on today to walk us through all of this. So I have Dana Kay here and she's a board certified holistic health and nutrition practitioner practitioner. She is the CEO and founder of the ADHD Thrive Institute and creator of the ADHD Thrive Method for Kids program. She's also a mom to an ADHD child who's 13 and she knows firsthand the struggles that come with parenting a neurodiverse child, but she also knows the freedom that's possible once parents learn to reduce ADHD symptoms. Now her mission is to help families reduce ADHD symptoms naturally, so that children with ADHD can thrive at home, at school, and in life. And she's the author of the book called "Thriving with ADHD: A Guide to Naturally Reducing ADHD Symptoms in Your Child." What? Talk to you. I have so many questions for you.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much, Robin. I'm really really happy to be here.
0: Oh my goodness! Now ADHD. I think can be misunderstood. I think that sometimes people think it's a catch-all. Sometimes people don't think it's a big deal, but it shows up in many different ways, can be really debilitating. And I've said this in a previous episode where, you know, we know ADHD often comes with a friend, right? There's comorbidity that comes with ADHD and it can be really difficult to parent through. So first off, Let's just start with you. What was your experience with your child? Because you were not in this industry doing this work at all before you had a child with ADHD, just like me. I did marketing before I was uh, in in this in this world of parenting. And so our kids are just so such a, such a gift. They make us, you know, want to be better people. And and you're the same. So tell me a little bit about your history
1: yeah I was definitely not in this space. Uh, and if you ask any of my friends from high school who would be the least likely to end up in you know holistic health and nutrition, they would all say me. I was actually an accountant. Um, and I really had planned to be in that arena for my for my whole career, and I probably would have been if my concerns over my son's health hadn't grown as much as he did. Mm. uh you know I always had a feeling there was something a little bit different with him even when he was like at the age of two lots of activity you know Mm. hyperactivity bounce off the walls never could sit still and eating dinner um and he'd have these meltdowns that would like go on for days and days and it just Mm. basically put our whole family life on hold and I would always ask the you know the preschool teachers oh does he you know is he Do you notice anything different? They're like, no, he's just a boy. He's just a boy. He's just a boy. Mm -hmm. But eventually, eventually, it all sort of caught up. And at the age of four, you know, that's when the teachers sort of started noticing differences as well. His tantrums became, you know, even more severe. uh, And uh, we went to the doctor and he was diagnosed with ADHD after, uh, you know, a number of sessions with a developmental um, psychiatrist uh, in in an analyzing whether or not his symptoms were normal for his age. And so mm-hmm. he was diagnosed with ADHD. And, you know, I uh, was I felt relief, really, um, mm. when he was diagnosed, because I was I knew I wasn't a bad mum, mm. and, you know, I could give myself permission to go like it's not my parenting. Um Mm -hmm. you know these meltdowns are part of the disease, the the hyperactivity, the, you know, the impulsivity, all of these things were part of what was going on in his body and his brain. And, you know, I was I was relieved. Uh we were also immediately put on medication. And at first I was excited about it as well. This is fine. We're finally going to get the help that we needed. Mm. Uh, and at first it was great. And, you know, he was playing nicely with his brother. He's, he, he started to calm down. He could sit at the table and eat dinner, but then, you know, it was great until it wasn't great. If, if you know Mm. what I mean, and his dosage started to increase and he'd start to get all of these side effects. Um, he wasn't able to eat, uh, he couldn't sleep, he lost weight. Um, and, uh, so they gave another medication to counteract some of those side effects. And the doctor prescribed another prescription to counteract more side effects. And so he was on Yikes. three strong meds um, at the age of five. And mm. when the doctor suggested the fourth medication to counteract some anxiety that popped up, like he wanted to put him on an SSRI, um, that's sort of when I said, hmm, this doesn't seem right. Um, you know, mm. a five-year-old on four strong medications. And that's when my my career path completely completely changed and I went Mm. back to school I did my holistic health degree multiple specific certifications in this particular area and that's when I learned how food can affect so many aspects of our lives and I began to learn that ADHD symptoms can be reduced naturally now today my son is thriving he's you know almost 13 is in middle school and he hasn't been on meds for years Wow. Um, he's a, he's a straight A student. Um, uh, but that really, I, that for me wasn't the biggest thing. Um, no. the most important thing is he's happy, uh, and my family's happy. And, you know, we've now got that peace and that calm in our house. That was all I wanted. You know, I just wanted to enjoy my family life, which I didn't at all. And so mm. once I, you know, learned all of this, once I saw the changes in my own family, um, I really couldn't keep that information to myself. I, mm. you know, I didn't want anyone else to have to go through the struggles and the challenges that my my family went through. Uh, and over the years, I've, I'm lucky enough to be able to help close to a thousand other families sort of get to the mm. same place as me, but just so much quicker.
0: Wow. Well, and <laughs> your book is also an international bestseller and uh it it hasn't been out that long which really says we're hungry for this information. Yeah. And um you know it's it, it's new information for me and um and and look when you have a kid with ADHD although it can show up in different ways a lot of times these kids are running the show because their needs are so big, so mm-hmm. intense those meltdowns are big. The impulsivity gets them in trouble all the time. So they feel bad and their behavior just keeps going and going and going and teachers don't understand. And then, then you're worried and anxiety, like it just snowballs. And if it's like, you know, my child who it has come with many different other diagnoses as well, it's so hard. It's exhausting for you and for your child. And I'm with you on those side effects. You know, some kids can't afford to lose any weight. Mm-hmm. Um and we've seen a dramatic difference in my son's weight too since we've been on since he's been on meds and I'll be really honest about that. You know, he has. Um, so okay, let's talk about this and let's just dive right in. You really advocate for a food for for food. Oh my gosh, I can't even say it. A food first approach. So let's talk a little bit about that. Um, Like what are some of the worst foods for kids in ADHD? So, so let's kind of start there.
1: Look, I I think for me, I think uh, when I say um, a food first approach is that, you know, when I started, when we, when we went to the doctor, we were diagnosed with ADHD. uh, The only course of action I was presented was medication yeah um I was only told about medication as you said you didn't know um that food could have such a you know a, a big change on on a body and unfortunately for us the medication did more harm than good yeah. and um you know I knew that something had to change and and when I learned about the effects of gut health on ADHD symptoms mm. and mm. how we heal the gut uh, ADHD symptoms are reduced or removed completely. And, um, you know, and how much food affects our gut health. And so uh, for my son, medication didn't help him, food did. So, uh, you know, that's why I I recommend that food first approach to Uh. all of the families that I work with. I'm not against medication, Mm -hmm. but it should not be the first course of action. Not when food can sometimes be even more effective and have absolutely no side effects to worry about. You know, if so, parents want to reduce ADHD symptoms in their children, they must do something more than just give a pill or a supplement. You know, supplements can be really effective, so can medication. But if children continue to eat processed inflammatory foods like gluten, dairy, and soy, mm. those ADHD symptoms are not going to go away because the food that they're eating are exacerbating those symptoms. So, food first means that rather than trying to, you know, find a magical pill, that's gonna fix a child, we clean up their diet instead. And in doing this, we reduce inflammation in their body, in their brain, in their gut, and then the symptoms start to reduce because we're getting to the bottom of what's actually driving those symptoms in the first place. And I I often like to think of it like this, when you're building a house, a solid foundation isn't optional, it's a necessity. You know, if you don't have a solid foundation, that house isn't gonna be very strong. And it's exactly the same way with us. Diet is our foundation. And if our diet is poor, we can never function at our best. And that's true for you and me as adults, but it's so true for our children as well.
0: Mm, Okay. So you're, you're talking about the relationship between the gut and the brain, but also Mm -hmm. the relationship between the gut and inflammation. So is that where inflammation starts is in the gut?
1: Yeah, look, that's a really good question. Um, a, a big part of, you know, inflammation does start in the gut, but inflammation can be anywhere in the body and it can cause any type of symptoms. And I, I like to think of inflammation kind of like as this bucket, okay? We're mm. all born with a metaphorical bucket and our goal in life is to keep the load on that bucket low, you know? Mm. And, you know, we want to be born with an empty bucket, of course, uh, but for some of our kids, they're actually born with stuff in their bucket already, so mm. they start off in this world with a little bit of stuff in their in in their uh, in their bucket already. So, for example, my son. Um, sorry, there's a bit of a noise in the background. Sorry about that. Um, for my son, uh, uh, he was uh, induced early with medication. He was in, went straight into the NICU with premature lung disease. He was put on medication. Yeah. He wasn't breastfed. Uh, and so his bucket started with stuff in it. And what mm-hmm. happens over time, in that bucket goes bad diet, uh, toxin exposure, heavy metals from different things, um, and all this load on our bucket. And so some of us have really great genetics and we can empty our bucket out of our body really easily. So we can keep the load on the bucket low. And so things like bad diet don't have such a dramatic effect on everyone because they can keep their bucket low. They can empty it out of their body. They've got good detoxification pathways. Mm. But others have genetic you know, mutations in their body that you know affect their ability to empty their bucket effectively out of their body their detoxification pathways are compromised and so what happens is all this load it builds up it builds up it builds up in the body until the bucket becomes so full that it tips over and Mm. all of that tips out into their body causes inflammation and causes symptoms and that's when symptoms come out so, the key through life is to reduce that load on the bucket, optimize detoxification pathways so you keep that inflammation low. And so that's what, how I like to think of inflammation since that load on the bucket, and the more that you have on that bucket, the more load, the more full, full the more full it is, the more it will spill over, and more symptoms will come out. And so people say to me all the time, well, you know, um this kid it's exactly the same way as this kid, but this kid doesn't have ADHD. Um, but this does so why why are you saying that you know diet's going to work for this kid when it's clearly you know is why is everyone so different that's why because everyone has different genetics even mm. kids in the same family you know one of my kids has adhd the other one doesn't uh and so <laughs> exactly so it's it's exactly the same why does gluten affect one child but it doesn't affect the other child that's why
0: mm. Okay, well, that, I mean, and, and d- doesn't most disease start with inflammation anyway?
1: Yeah, you're so right. Like every symptom pretty much that people have in disease mm-hmm. is contributed to by inflammation in the body. So the key for any healing, anybody healing, any disease is reducing inflammation. And we can do that in a number of different ways. But a big part of that is food. So that's why I say food first because let's try to reduce the inflammation in the body through diet because I mean, what side effects come with diet? Why not try it? Why, you know, it's okay. Yeah, it's not as easy as popping a pill, but there are no side effects. There's not going to be any negative effect of changing the diet. It's actually just going to optimize the body, optimize the brain. So why not start there?
0: Okay, wow. Okay, so so we're talking about, Gluten, dairy, and soy. Are those the main ones? Are there more?
1: Yeah, they're they're the main ones. Um, there are more, you know, artificial flavors and artificial colors and you know, uh preservatives, things like that. Um, and also uh, you know, um refined sugar. Uh so they're the key ones, but the top three are gluten, dairy, and soy, and that's because these are the top three culprits that are driving inflammation in the body. They're highly inflammatory. And they can lead to an immune response and also something called something that's called increased intestinal permeability, which is known as leaky gut. Mm. And so, uh, you know, I recommend that families um, take them out of the diet, along with, you know, those artificial flavors, colors, preservatives and excess sugar.
0: Okay. Um, So... So, so, okay, great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm, I'm hanging off every word and I'm thinking, okay, how the heck do you get a child? uh, And and I'm going to talk about myself, my 17 year old you know, how do you make these changes to the diet? Do you just go cold turkey on gluten, dairy, and soy? Do you like, how how are we doing this? It's not not easy.
1: It's not easy. And it seems like a lot. Okay. Mm -hmm. When you look at it that way, it is a lot. However, it's just because it's the unknown right now. It's not your normal. You think about what you eat every week, okay? You make probably similar meals every week for dinner because that's mm. what you're used to and that's your normal. So what we're going to do is we're just going to slowly change your new normal. Okay, we're going to make, make something else your new normal. So, you know, you might have Taco Tuesday on a Tuesday, mm. and um, but you can make tacos gluten, dairy and soy free. So let's just do that first. Just focus there. And then when you're used to doing that, let's change breakfast, okay? And once you're comfortable with breakfast, let's move to Monday night dinner. So we definitely do not need to make all these changes at once. I did that. Uh, I took out gluten, dairy, soy, artificial flavors, artificial colors, sugar, and 40 food sensitivities that came up on a food sensitivity panel. And I did this on day one. (laughs) <laughs> this, this is not the approach that I teach in my program. No. I always tell families Rome wasn't built in a day and transforming your family's diet won't be complete in a day either. You know, it's not a race. It's a marathon and it's okay to take it slowly. It's okay to take one step at a time. And if the pace that's doable for you and your life is one change a week and one change every two weeks, then that is perfectly okay. Okay. And so families really need to give themselves permission to take things slow. And remember, it's it's not a diet. It, it's not just a phase. It's a permanent lifestyle change. And when it becomes part of your lifestyle, it becomes second nature and changes don't seem as hard or overwhelming. And all of a sudden you turn around and you're like, well, this is our new normal. I don't even think about it anymore. Mm. And so if you, if, and then someone would say, well, why don't you go back to eating good? Oh, well, I just can't even think about that now. Like I feel so good and I don't want to bring that in. And um, I'm used to cooking this way now. It's normal.
0: Mm -hmm. So here's what I wonder about, because you're talking about preservatives and artificial colors, flavors, that sort of thing. So I sort of see dairy and soy as interchangeable, right? Like Mm -hmm. if you're not going to eat dairy, then you're probably going to go to a soy substitute. But then I think like, are we trading one thing for something else that's packed with, uh, preservatives that's packed with different, you know, um, food colorings and flavors and stuff like that. So I always wonder like if I'm eating Turkey and then I eat tofurkey, is it, you know, and I really don't know, and I'm asking you that. I know you're shaking your head, but it's a podcast, so I'm still going to go with my. Uh, I know that what you're going to say is no, but like I just I wonder about trading one thing for something that is not. I gosh, I, I don't I want to be careful how I say it, but let me just say it like this: not real food. Yeah, in my ignorant way to say it, um, that's more manufactured. I don't know. Yeah, like, no, you're entire- right.
1: It's a it's a good question. Um, I always say. Uh, replacing packaged foods with packaged foods is not going to get you anywhere gluten-free and dairy-free is not necessarily healthy and so you know the goal of this is not just to bring in a different type of packaged food and um, you know like uh, I am a big proponent of like grass-fed animal protein Um, and you know so definitely like so like that whatever tofurky or whatever you called it Um, That is something definitely you do not want to be eating It's tofu, yeah, which is soy. Which is soy, which we we say take out the soy. Um, uh, So, look, it's definitely not about just what to take out. It's also about what to put back into the body. You know, as far as what to eat, my my best tip is to focus on those whole, nutritious, fresh fruits and veggies, grass-fed animal proteins, so meat, poultry, seafood, eggs. And plenty of healthy fats like avocado oil, coconut oil, olive oil, because, you know, there are a lot of those other oils that are quite highly inflammatory as well. Mm. But you also want to be drinking plenty of spring water. um, So you're avoiding uh, harmful chemicals that are in some waters. But also, water actually helps detox the body and remove the toxins that are already there. You know and so all these foods really provide our body and our brain and our kids' brain and our gut with the nutrients they need so they can function as best. and really my 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 rule of thumb is if I buy a packaged food, if there's something on that ingredient list that I can't pronounce, it goes back on the shelf. Uh, mm-hmm. and so you know it's really not about like um, Just replacing it with another packaged goods in our program, we actually give everyone shopping lists to all of the major supermarkets and better for you alternatives. So yeah, there are better for you products um, uh, out there, um, but it's not just about replacing something with a packaged good that's highly processed at all. Uh, Mm. It's really about what we can put back in to nourish that body because it is that nourish. It's reduce the inflammation. It's. store all of those nutrients needed to foster emotional regulation and brain development. And then it's to renew the body and the family unit. So those are the mm. the three sort of R's that I sort of focus on in in what we're doing here.
0: Mm, okay. I love that. I love that. So for parents listening, I can I can see a couple of questions coming up. One is how fast can I see changes?
1: It's a really, really good question. It is different for everybody.
0: Um, for for example, with my son, we,
1: because uh, I removed everything out on day one. <laughs> yeah, you didn't. Do oh. not do, do not do. I had multiple panic attacks on the floor in my bedroom. Okay. Um, yeah, and so definitely don't do it that way. Um, but for him, it was a matter of two weeks and he was literally a different child. Like his meltdowns just disappeared. The biggest wow. change that we see the quickest is the emotional dysregulation the reduction in meltdowns reduction in tantrums the length of time the severity the frequency all reduced that's the first change that we see which is the best because like that's the hardest one to deal with uh and so you know it's always nice to know that that's actually the first one to change but look for some kids they're so highly reactive to say gluten it can take three to six months for their body to stop reduce you know to really reduce that inflammation enough to allow the healing to occur. So like the, you know, as I said, with inflammation, what we're trying to do is reduce it enough to allow the healing to occur. And so gluten, dairy, soy, and these things are what con- are some of the things that are contributing to it. Um, but it's not just about diet. It does go beyond diet and how we can reduce inflammation in other ways that all add to that inflammatory load on the body.
0: Hmm. Okay. Okay. And, and of course it, it, Matters how quickly you bring things in and 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 make those changes, and also
1: the child, like their health history. Like, do they have you know? When we when we when we're talking to families, first first off, we're 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 looking into their health history. Is there something there that actually makes us alerts us that something else could be going on deeper in the body that we need to investigate? Because I'd say about fifty percent of the families that we work with, we simply change the diet, and we don't need to go further. The other 50% do have these extra underlying stresses going on in their body that we need to identify with lab testing Mm. and target specifically to reduce the inflammation enough to allow the healing to occur. And so that's when we sort of employ functional lab testing to go a bit deeper into that person's particular body.
0: Okay. So functional lab testing, I-, I wanted to ask you about that because th- so there is a way to test for what, what are you looking for?
1: Yeah. So where, you know, I-, I like to think of um uh, functional lab testing, kind of like uh, getting a microscope and looking deep into the body. And okay. we use this testing to identify hidden stresses. Um, mm-hmm. And that could be hidden stresses in the gut. It could be hidden stresses. Um, it- the detoxification pathways are not optimized, things like that. Um, nutrient deficiencies uh, and so uh, we're really looking at hormone uh, the gut inflammation um, and other dysfunctions going on in the body so there are four tests that I generally use as sort of like a high level view of what's going on in the body there are way more um, mm-hmm. but this I find these four give us a really great starting point um, and a lot of the time that's all we need to do uh, you know for some it may be a bit deeper but most people this four is enough um, the first test is a stool test and it gives us a r- really clear picture of what's going on in the gut. And yeah. it looks for things like parasites, bacteria, worms, yeast overgrowth, looking at you know intestinal health markers, inflammation, um, digestive enzymes. So like, are you digesting your fat well? So Because we want our fat to be digested well so it can go up to our brain and help us function optimally. Uh, The next test that we use, and and I'll talk about the gut-brain connection, but I'll just finish off on the testing. The next test that we use is a food sensitivity test that looks for inflammatory reactions in the body to certain food. And the important thing to remember is a food sensitivity, it's not a true allergy, but it does cause inflammation in the body. And so you can actually heal from the sensitivity. Once you can heal the gut, you can start to add those foods back in. Mm. The third test that we use is an organic acid test and it's an awesome test because it looks at over 70 different important markers in the whole body and how it's functioning. Uh, It can show you the need for specific nutrients such as B vitamins, uh, which are really important for our compromised kids. Uh, Mm -hmm. Diet modifications or extra things like oxalates and salicylates, detoxification pathways neurotransmitters like serotonin and dopamine, which, mm. you know, are our happy feel good hormones and in our body that help regulate our mood and maintain our mood balance okay. uh, and, and some other markers in that as well. And the final test, I, not many people know about this test, but it's like one of my favorite for these kids. Uh, it's called a cryptopyrrole test and pyroles are a normal chemical byproduct in the body and they attach to vitamin B6 and zinc and they draw these elements out of the body when they're excreted through the urine. So if someone has elevated urine cryptopyral levels, it can result in a dramatic deficiency of zinc and B6. But it's frequently identified in behavioral disorders, ADHD, depression, aggression, uh, violent behavior. So symptoms include things like poor tolerance to physical and emotional stress, poor anger control, mood swings, poor short-term memory, sensitivity to light and sound tactile sensitivities and a lot of those sound like adhd symptoms don't they
0: yeah hmm. yeah
1: so that's the the final test that we do and they're all tests that are done at home you don't need to go to a lab and it, you you know I, I i work with people all across the u.s um you don't need to be in the same state
0: what about your friends in canada is that uh, the same
1: yeah uh, canada um uh, Most of the tests can be sent to Canada. Um, Some of them are a little bit harder to get there, um, but I do work with people overseas as well. Um, We might just have to make some adjustments, but definitely can be done in Canada as well.
0: You know, I have to say that because my son is so difficult to parent, I would say that food is sometimes a currency us and I don't think I'm alone. I think that, you know, and and look, I even say to parents, you know, uh, you know, if you can predict behavior that's coming and you can get ahead of it and you can say, you know what? I knew that, you know, you needed help with this or or I know that putting your shoes and jacket on is really tough and if you get in the car right now there's a little surprise for you and it's a little Hershey's kiss or something, right? So, if you've got a kid with ADHD, you might be shooting yourself in the foot, right? And so like, I I just want to acknowledge that I know that I'm not alone in this. And I think that a lot of us have probably done that. I've said to my son, who's very resistant to going to therapy appointments, like, Hey dude, let's get a Slurpee on the way. Here's, you know, here's a treat on the way. I always would do that because that's how I get him to go. So I just want to say it's hard. And it what is. do you recommend for yeah. somebody like me? And my kid's 17, right? So we're getting towards the end of those influence, influential mm-hmm. years where I get to tell him what to do. And he's already yeah. sitting on the bus to me in a, really, in a really powerful way right now. So what do you say about that?
1: Yeah, look, I, it is really common. And I think that as parents, um, it's not your fault. It's mm. none of our fault. And um, we do what we need to do. And we know what we know. And so, you know, I was the same. My son was on three strong meds. They wanted to put him on a fourth. I would, I was like, you know, eat whatever you want. I just don't want to deal with the battles. Um, But, you know, and so we need to actually like just not blame ourselves to start because it really isn't our fault. Uh, and, you know, I always again say Rome wasn't built in the day. You just mm. want to start to make small changes. One step forward is a step in the right direction. Uh, and so, really, just changing the script of like, you know, I believe in positive, you know, reinforcement for sure, but let's take food out of the equation mm. and do something different. And when I talked about the three R's before, where we're reducing the inflammation, mm. we're Storing the nutrients needed to foster that emotional regulation and that brain development, and we're renewing the body and the family unit. That family unit is a big part of it. Okay. And so, how about, you know, let's do something together as a family you know, as a, as a reward instead. So to build that family camaraderie, let's, you know, um, obviously with a 17-year-old, it's slightly different than if we had a younger kid. Like with a younger kid, it could be let's have a game night or let's go to movies together because you want to actually bring in and renew and restore that family unit as well because that's a big part of it. You know, our kids' nervous systems are regulated by us and they're regulated by our family unit as well Mm. and so it is so important not just to focus on food or not just focus on supplements or not just focus on one thing like therapy it is all of these pieces of the puzzle that go together um but starting Mm. small now with a 17 year old it you know brings its own challenges they've got their own money they can go off Mm -hmm. and do all of these things on their own and so you know I you've got to have open and honest conversations with him you know Mm. does he realize that the things the challenges that he has does he like those challenges or would he prefer himself to actually not have those challenges Mm. and so and also what motivates him is it that he's really into sport um and so if he's at that point of like you know I hate always getting into trouble I I don't like the fact that I'm getting bad at school. Then you use that as the motivation to change the diet or you use that as the motivation to uh, um, start to implement these changes. This is why we're doing what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And when, you know, kids that are that, that age, they need to understand the why, you know, and, and that's the first thing that we actually teach in our program is the why, why do we, why are these so bad for the body? What do they do to the body? And when, you can understand the why you're more likely to follow through you're more likely to have chances of success and he's like an adult now so he Mm -hmm. should go through the same journey that the parents are going through in learning why we're doing what we're doing and so getting their buy-in um, is super important at that age. It's a lot easier when they're younger um, mm-hmm. than when they're 17. And so really getting them to understand why this is so important for them um, it will actually help them. And, you know, if they are into sports, it can be, this is going to help with the perform- your performance. This mm-hmm. is going to, you know, if you want to be great at whatever you do, uh, then this is actually going to give you the nourishment that your body, that your brain and everything needs to be successful.
0: hmm yeah. I, you know, I really love that you're talking about renewing, you know, renewing your physical health and the family unit. I really mm-hmm. love that because ADHD can really hurt a family. It can. It's not the, it, it may be the one child. And I mean, I said it earlier, right? They're driving the bus. They're the ones who are mm-hmm. really in charge and, and that can create resentment from parent to child, but also child to child, right? Siblings. Yep. Um, it can fuel sibling rivalry. It can Mm -hmm. make one child feel more loved or less loved. And um, so it is a really big deal. It's such a big deal. And I live it every day. And I know Mm. how hard it is. And um, over time, you do end up doing what works for you and what good, bad or indifferent, right? You just want to survive. You want to do your best. And then you add COVID into the situation and, you know, or to the equation. And what I hear you Saying is it's the sum of all of the parts coming together to really create this new way and this new health for your yeah. child. And so my 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 last question, and before I ask it, I just want to say to everybody listening, look, you are giving us some really helpful stuff. Um, there's something for the parent toolbox that I want everybody to get. I've looked through it; it's fantastic, and there's already so many ideas that I have with it. So I'm really excited. Um, and and so what I want to ask you um, first, I'm going to say, you know, when I look at what my son in his, in his diet, um, you know, I see us getting those four tests, those, mm-hmm. those um, you call them functional lab tests, um, or they're called that. Um, I, I really do see that as being something that we've never had done, which makes me frustrated um, and could have really helped. Like we have done everything. Mm -hmm. We, we did everything before we did medication, but not this because nobody mentioned this. I didn't know this. I I had no idea. So uh, I'm frustrated as I say this, but, but, but what I want to say is I look at his diet and I look at, you know, kind of what we eat and I can just see starting off with changing breakfast. Mm -hmm. You know, we've already like my husband and I have already talked about, you know, how breakfast kind of works in the morning on a day to day school day basis. And we're both not happy with it. Mm -hmm. Um, We take care of ourselves in a different way. But our kids, we kind of do like what's fast, what's easy, what'll get you downstairs (laughs) to actually eat. Um, But you know, what I've learned over the years is that my kids, and I'll just speak for my kids is that they actually really like healthy food. They love it. They're excited. Mm-hmm. And my, and my oldest, who's the the tough one gets really excited over these super healthy meals that we make. And so that's very encouraging to me. That is so
1: encouraging. And I think that you're, that you're, you'll have no trouble then if, you know, you've got that, you've got that um, starting point.
0: Yeah. Well, and so what I want to ask you is, you know, you, we've said it's the sum of all of the parts. It's about really knowing, getting the testing done that you need to get done, having, um, a diet. How much of this, like, does the diet have to be a hundred percent all the time? Can you have a cheat day? Can you know, can he go to McDonald's, which is where he works? Can he go to McDonald's and, and have like a McChicken or a Big Mac or whatever, um, and be okay?
1: very very good question
0: uh and
1: so uh (laughs) heavy sigh over here (laughs) when uh, your body is in a state of inflammation um as i always, as i've been saying the key is to reduce that inflammation to allow the healing to occur mm. now if we are in the state of trying to reduce inflammation to allow the healing to occur having a bit having there we can't ever reduce it enough so with gluten for example the body can develop antibodies against gluten um, one of them in particular is called called glutamorphin and the other one is called casomorphin. Sorry, casomorphin is from dairy. Glutamorphin and protanorphin are from gluten. And what happens is if you've developed these antibodies against gluten, every time you eat gluten, you, you're actually creating neuropsychological um, uh, symptoms from it. So things like depression, mood swings, actually come from eating gluten. But what can also happen is when you've got these antibodies, you're at a greater risk of having something called gluten detox. And so when you go on a gluten-free diet, you will have increased mood swings. You will have increased depression, changes in stool. But if you are doing a week of no gluten, you're going through gluten detox during that week. And then if you have gluten again, you start back where where you were. And then the next week, you've got to go through that gluten detox. And so you're constantly Mm -hmm. in this tug of war between being gluten-free and not gluten-free. So you're never actually going to finish the detox. You're just going to be constantly Mm -hmm. in that detox and it's not going to work. And so really for this to work for the period of time, you need to be 100% gluten-free, 100% dairy-free and 100% soy-free. I say that no one should be eating gluten ever. It is so highly inflammatory. It is the root of so many diseases out there. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I will never eat it. I will never suggest to anyone eat it. I'll never suggest to add that back in. And when you see the number of uh, tests that I have done and actually looked at the reactivity of these kids with gluten and wheat, it's just through the roof. And so it is the, you know, it, it, it drives leaky gut. And you know, I, we haven't actually talked about the gut-brain connection. It's it's massive. And and when you've got leaky gut, you know that that then travels all that toxins and all that inflammation travels through uh, the through the gut in the lining up to the vagus nerve into the brain and causes all of these these issues. And so um, the main area that talks to the gut is the frontal lobe. And the frontal lobe is involved in things like attention and focus and executive function and planning. Uh, And organising, which are all areas that kids with ADHD struggle with. So, you know, the gut talks to the brain via two-way chemical messengers and nerve branches. So when you've got that leaky gut, you've got that leaky brain. Okay, you can understand why Mm. why you've got those symptoms. The other thing is with the gut, 95% of serotonin and 50% of dopamine, which, as I mentioned earlier, are our happy, feel-good hormones in our body that maintain our mood balance they regulate our emotions they they promote our cognitive function and they're made in the gut 95% of serotonin is made in the gut 50% of dopamine is made oh in the goodness. gut so if your gut's broken down you can't regulate your emotions you can't balance your mood and so gluten creates leaky gut in everyone and uh for some it's more uh for some it's temporary and I bring it back to that bucket okay you know for some of us it will create a temporary leaky gut but because we can you know detoxify out our stuff we can you know heal our body okay because of our genetics it's not going to cause such a long-term issue but for most of our kids it does and so it needs to stay out there is a different story once we can reduce inflammation I think just I'll, I'll you know take it back to with my son uh, about eighteen months into our journey, we tested back goats milk and goats cheese, which is the least reactive and the least inflammatory out of all of them. Mm. And he did fine. So every now and again, we'll have goats cheese and goats milk. Um, we don't go take it any any further with proper dairy because of just health reasons. That's what I've decided. Um, you know, uh, when you think about it, uh, baby cow. Uh, which is obviously what's needed to drink, you know, you drink the, the adult cow milk. Um, mm-hmm. They grow to an adult sized cow within um, 12, 12 months. Okay. So the growth factors and the hormones inside cow's dairy is actually designed to get a baby cow to an adult sized cow in 12 months. We as humans grow to an adult size in 21 years. Yeah. So, the growth factors and the hormones inside cow's milk are not designed for our body. Yeah. So, for health reasons, we made that personal decision, and that's everyone. Mm-hmm. But you know I always say, get to a good place first, then let's test it back in and see how we go. Does
0: that mm-hmm. make sense? Totally makes sense. and and uh, you know we have it i I don't drink milk, and it's because for that reason to be really, open and honest is, you know, I've always looked at milk being for baby cows, not for humans. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, you do the best you can. Right. So, um, so you, okay. So I, uh, one last question. So those functional lab tests, which seem really, really important to me, things mm-hmm. that, and I, and I, and I'm saying it because it was never offered to me. So for people who want to have those tests done, do they talk to their doctor? Do they talk to their pediatrician? Do they contact you? H- how do they get the, the lab uh, requests in order to get tested?
1: Look, unfortunately, these are like that more holistic approach and then not the traditional approach. You know, the traditional approach is sort of like a disease management industry rather than a health industry. Mm. Um, It's really about labelling with a diagnosis and giving a pill to match that diagnosis, that DSM code um, uh, for insurance companies. And yeah. so, uh, you know, when you've got healthy people, you don't need medicine, you don't need the pharmaceutical companies, you don't need the insurance companies. And so unfortunately, you know, the way the medical industry is here and in a big part of the world is that really they just, they don't want healthy people. They don't need healthy people. The pharmaceutical companies are driving the industry. You know, I, I just did a, mass, a live masterclass last week and, um, uh, pharmaceutical companies spend four times as much on marketing than they do on research. So four times more on marketing than they do on research. And so, which is scary because, you know, you think about like what are in these drugs that are going into our bodies and they spend four times as much on marketing. I don't know if you've watched the the, the Netflix show Dope Sick or Hulu. I don't know if it's on Hulu. or yeah. It is uh it blew my mind. And, Mm. um, you know, I'm not, I am so not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not into all of that sort of stuff. I'm very balanced, uh, you know, in my beliefs and things like that. But this was just a real eye opener of what the pharmaceutical industry does here in the U S and, you know, it's like that all across in, you know, Western world. So, um, but uh, you know, unfortunately they're not covered by insurance. Um, And so they're not available to everyone because they can, be expensive. And, you know, it's really, really unfortunate. And I could help so many more families if that wasn't the case. Uh, so, you know, you probably won't have much luck going to your doctor. And they'll be like, oh, none of that, you know, none of that works. Um, I remember going to our pediatrician saying, look, I've, I've read a lot about gut health and gut-brain connection. They're like, and I'm like, you know, how, how diet can affect the body. And he's like, don't bother. None of that works. Now he's the one that was prescribing my son, uh, you know, you, uh, the fourth medication to treat the symptoms of the other three medications. Let's mm. just say I don't have the same doctor anymore because I can clearly show you that he does. I mean, if you go onto my website and look at the numbers of families that we have helped step mm. off that emotional roller coaster, it's, it's huge. It's and it's and and as you're saying it uh, earlier, it's it's. Well, for me, it makes me angry because mm. it's like, why isn't this offered? Why isn't this talked about? Because it is just amazing the changes that you can see in a child with just food. So it is just food. That's it. Just food, mm. and you know, a couple of supplements. But uh, you know, it's just it makes me really angry and frustrated, mm. just like you were, uh, because why isn't this mainstream? So, a long way to answer your question. Unfortunately, most doctors will not, um, uh, uh, you know, give you these tests, Um, you might be able to find a naturopathic doctor in Mm. your area that will, but a lot of them also don't specialize just in ADHD. And Mm. when we look at these tests, we're looking at patterns that go through, uh, you know, uh, across all tests. I've had a lot of families that have come to me that have run like an organic acid test with their naturopath and, you know, the naturopath is like, oh, well, this is low, give some B6. This is high you know, uh, do this, but it's not just about that. Or they say, they look at it and go, oh, oxalates are high. Oxalates are a chemical compound found in many healthy foods. And so they'll say, go on a low oxalate diet. But no, if you've done a lot of these tests, you'll realize that yeast in the gut and mold in the body produces elevated levels of oxalate. So let's fix the root cause of the yeast or the mold. And then you don't need to go on a, a low oxalate diet. So there's these little intricacies and it's finding you know the right practitioner that can work with your family that really understands this uh you know the amount of money that I spent before I was able to get to where we got to I mean I could put both kids through college uh and the reason that I got into doing what I'm doing is because it was just so difficult for me it just doesn't need to be that hard for other people so Mm. kind of naturopaths I work with families all across the U S so families can look up my website uh, and just find someone that really knows what they're, what they're doing and, and specializes in this area.
0: Okay. Well, I, I can't thank you enough for this information. I think it's so important and thank you for the work you're doing. And you're welcome. thank you for what you've given us in the, uh, in the toolbox, which mm-hmm. is kid friendly be- breakfast recipes and it's not just one or two it is a whole heck of a lot of them from smoothies to muffins to um uh, uh overnight oats to yeah. a bunch of different things that will really help you and will really help your your child um and what a great way to start the day with something that is good for your gut helps you to learn stay focused and uh and have attention so um wow this has just been so good selfishly for me, um, to, to really understand what's going on with mm. my child, even, even more on a, on a level that I, I didn't have before. And I thought I did everything. So it's great that you're here. I wish I knew you 12 years ago, but <laughs> here we are. Right. So thank you so much. Now for anybody who wants to know more about Dana, she is at, um, her website is adhdthriveinstitute.com Um, You can also find her on Facebook. She's facebook.com slash ADHD Thrive Institute. So just look for ADHD Thrive Institute and you'll find her and then her book, Thriving with ADHD, a guide to naturally reducing ADHD symptoms in your child. And we didn't touch on this, but what's good for your child is also good for you because so many parents find out that they have ADHD right alongside their child having ADHD as well. So this will help with you as well. And I confirmed that with you before we hit record. So that just doesn't come with me from me. It is, uh, it is you that says this as well. And it just makes sense, right? If you're reducing inflammation for anybody, and let's be honest, we could all use less because again, it is the start of all diseases from inflammation. So um, my goodness, thank you so much for your work. Thank you for being here. I am better for knowing you and I, um, hmm. you're just going to have to deal with me uh, updating <laughs> you all the time on what's going on in my family because uh, I need somebody like you. You are the, a new, the, whether you like it or not, you are the newest member of our team our <laughs> to help us this is just invaluable information yeah. and we all deserve harmony in our home and our kids deserve and we deserve to have that. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been super fun.